Hey, it's the franchise from Talking Pop with the franchise and Biko. Just let you know, we have a storefront. It's teespring.com slash Talking Pop. We got shirts. We got tank tops for men, women, kids. We also got hoodies and sweatshirts. Um, we actually have coffee mugs and we have an iPhone case and a Samsung case with the Popstronaut logo on there. Also, we have stickers so you can put on your locker, on your laptop, wherever you want to put those stickers on there. So right now, if you go to teespring.com slash TalkingPop, and when you go to check out, use the promo code TalkPop and save $5 on your order. Support the podcast. As always, geek on and take care. Fanboys and fangirls, welcome to another edition of Talking Pop with the Franchise and Biko. It's basically the podcast on all things pop culture. I'm your host, the Franchise, and joining me, of course, is my brother from the same mother, Biko. It's Tuesday. Yep, it's Tuesday, guys, and then pretty much, um, we want to take the opportunity to thank our sponsor, Anchor, for sponsoring this podcast. Of course, Anchor. If you heard our dynamic ad, but Anchor is basically to me, it's like the easiest way to get your podcast and your stuff out there. I just wanted to say some kind words for them. Thank you for so much, so much for helping our podcast get distributed and helping us, you know, get sponsors. So, like I said, thank you, Anchor, for all your help. Um, today, uh, we want to talk about, you know, if you listen to our previous episode, we did a commentary on the Super Mario Bros. movie. So, if you ever want to listen to that episode, make sure you have a copy of the Super Mario Bros. movie with you because basically we talk while we're watching the film. So, you're going to hear our commentary throughout certain scenes. And today, we're going to talk about two things today um, on the agenda. Pretty much the first one is, of course, um, last week Disney Plus was released, guys. So, for me, you know, it's kind of excitement because, you know, you get access to all the Disney stuff. And also, too, um, nostalgia. And plus, too, I got the, the Disney deal. The bonus is actually not bad. So, definitely for $12.99 to get three services versus having two separate ones because I had Hulu. So I'm like, I had to cancel the Hulu and sign up with the bundles. $12.99, so you pretty much get ESPN Plus, you get Hulu and Disney Plus. You get three services for one price, which to me is actually not bad. So like if you're into sports, into MMA, extra college basketball games or college football games or even like soccer games you can't get. Yeah. You get actually, even get actually the hockey games as well on ESPN Plus, which is actually kind of interesting. Um, and of course you got Hulu, you get all the shows on there and of course Disney Plus. Let's get down to Disney Plus. Yeah, Disney Plus, of course, um, on the first day, kind of like... Crash a little bit, so um, it kind of crashed a little bit, and then people are having like you know login issues and all that stuff, and 
Um, I didn't get into it until like when I got home from work <laughs> because I actually signed on the same day it came out. So I didn't get a chance to play around with it too much. I think Biko, you were playing around with Disney Plus a little bit during the yeah, day. Yeah. Um, I yeah, I kind of just scrambled around. I first the first thing I did was just kind of get used to the user interface, kind of just check out the menus. Um, because I believe if you don't watch anything, you just go fresh when you create the account. I think it doesn't do any recommendations for you yet until you watch certain content and then it'll start curating as it goes with the algorithms. But it's really cool. Um, it, they break it down pretty simple. I, It's like, I guess if we do pros and cons, like as a pro, it's simple for anybody to get into it and to use it. Uh, and I think Disney knew that going in, especially with their market base being like kids to their adults that want to also introduce Disney that they may have grown up with that are aware of it so like they want to introduce it to their families and so on and so forth and he's, Disney's been around for fucking ever so like I mean over 100 years right or isn't this year it was like 100 years no Disney's been around since like 1920s like the early 20s yeah, Disney, but, like, but it's almost it's almost 100 years not past that dude it's like yeah oh, so it's more no I'll be about 100 years and like about, I would say about ten years from now, it'll be about. It'll be hundred. Uh, yeah, because um, Steamboat really came out in nineteen twenty eight. So if you think about that, but I think he started the studio like I don't know, he started in twenty six or twenty seven. But overall, yeah, that studio's been around. So for, like, so they've been out for a while. Um, yeah, it's but when it comes it's to simple. Like it's a, it's a simple app to get used to. Yeah, I mean, they did the beta testing, like, pretty much, you know, early on in Europe, and they were doing the beta testing overseas just to test it out. They only have a few things to offer. Um, yeah, I mean, I know there's a lot of things, too. There's been reports saying, you know, they are planning to add more features later on. They're working on adding more features. Like, um, they're going to add the continue watch. The only thing I didn't notice was there was no continue watching feature, so you don't remember what episode you left off. Yeah, Which, to me, kind of, like... That's the only it's thing I don't like. It does, there's like no status bar after you yeah, watch yeah. an episode. So if you go back and try to go back, you gotta try and remember which episode you left off. So they don't have like a thing where you know, you know, like Netflix will have like a red bar underneath the episode you just previously just watched, or like if you go on Netflix, you open it up, it'll say continue watching, and it'll show you where you left off. Like there's other things like Hulu or Verve or any other streaming service. They'll actually keep track of where you left off. So sometimes you have to figure out, hey, that I watched this episode. It kind of it kind of forces you to try to binge right away, right through right away. Which to me, yeah, I'll I'll binge like a few episodes, but pretty much I like I'll watch three or four episodes to, before I watch everything else. Because like I said, I try to like broaden my streaming, not just focus on one streaming service. Since I subscribe to many streaming services, so I try to balance. You know, okay, I watch some of the Disney stuff here. I'll watch anime a few times. Oh, I'll watch like a TV series. You know, I try to like to spread it out because you know. Um, other than that, I mean, based on content, I mean, the content's really good. They keep adding more stuff. And if you notice, like, there's some titles on there, like some Fox Family titles. I started noticing when I was scrolling through, they had the Home Loan movies on there. They have some Fox films that, you know, they're not run by Disney. So they're incorporate a lot of the Fox Family library into Disney+. Plus. I think the other day, too, they have a lot of the old animated stuff from the Disney Vault, they call it. So I was watching Robin Hood the other day. So I ended up watching that. And it kind of holds up, like the animation kind of holds up. But um, if you don't remember, if you don't remember seeing those classic films, like I don't know if you're aware of it back then. If you see like certain actions and certain animation actions look similar to other films, um, because there's just one sequence in Robin Hood when they're showing Mary and Robin Hood dancing and the animals dancing in the background. They were actually using the same models from Aristocats 
the same dancing models. So what they do, what they did back then, the same costs was they reused same animation models, but they re- redrawn over like the characters over them. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I I noticed. But right now I'm like, it's like seeing like the old Disney Afternoons on there. There's some shows on there from the Disney Afternoon, Timon and Pumbaa, Bonkers is on there, Darkwing Duck. For Ducktales, the only thing I did not notice for Ducktales was um. They had the first episode, but they skipped over a three-part episode, which was actually the pilot, which was called The Temple of the Sun, where Scrooge and the, and the nephews actually go to this temple. They go to the stress. I don't know if it's because of licensing to the music or something they were using. Hopefully, they'll add that because that's the one thing I noticed. Um, they do have the first season of the new DuckTales, the one I, I actually do en- I actually enjoy as well. They had the first season of the, the current DuckTales. Um, they had the replacements. They got Kim Possible on there, so... And one thing, too, they add a lot of the Disney Saturday morning cartoons. If you remember, I think, Biko, you grew up during the Disney Saturday morning cartoons. Um, they had Recess, of course, in the films of Tied to Recess. Um, yeah, so they're going to have those on there. They have Disney's Doug. So if you were a Doug head, if you are a fan of Doug from, like, Nickelodeon, they had the Disney version of Doug, which you couldn't find anywhere else. Um, they had that plus Doug's first movie, which actually was interesting that they had Disney's Doug. So it was kind of interesting in that. Um like I said, they have other shows like Smart Guy. I didn't realize that was a Disney. That's great. That Disney-owned show. show. Um, but the only thing, too, they have the old Marvel shows, which they have Spider-Woman, which is technically Marvel's first animated show. Which one? Spider-Woman. Oh. Well, it's technically smart. If you look at, if you go into the, the search thing, what I do like about the Disney Plus was the search, um, because they have it set up, like, you can go through Marvel through the years, Disney through the years. They'll have all the things in order. So they had that available, and when you go to Marvel through the years, Spider-Man was the first animated film, animated feature by uh, Marvel, and a cartoon before like Spider-Man, which was kind of interesting that they, they went that route. Um, I saw they have X-Men, the '90s X-Men. Problem is, is like apparently Disney still has a lot of work to put on because I don't know if they were when they got these episodes. I don't know if they were putting them in production order when they're signing up or airtime order, air date. I think they were going by the script, but I actually. Go online. If you go online right now, I think somebody online did like a a guide how to watch the later seasons of X Men, how to watch in order because all the episodes are pretty much out of order. So yeah. basically, they're all like jumbo rounds. So you have to like try to find which one to watch first. Um, they have that. Um, like right now, I'm currently watching Dark Green Duck. I started watching that. Um, so like five episodes in the first season of Dark Green Duck. Um, I'm still planning to watch the other shows like Goof Troop and all that. They got Goof Troop, they got Goofy Movie, Extremely Goofy Movie. So they got a lot of films as well. Um, uh, I saw um, The World According to Jeff Goldblum, which is like the National Geographic Disney Plus original series. Which part is Jeff Goldblum's like a documentary series, but he's exploring different topics, which I do like. I actually enjoyed the first two episodes. Um, I mean, the first one was about sneakers, where he talks about how... The impact of sneakers when he first came out and everything, how he talks to different people, and shows shares his own like personal take on the on the subject. And same thing with the second episode being ice cream. Of course, who doesn't love ice cream? But it kind of shows like there's different people that take the ice cream making process and can develop like their own style. So that was another thing too. Of course, um, yeah, the Star Wars films on there, and apparently for episode four, and that one scene that everyone keeps talking about, who shot first? Apparently, George Lucas had some say in the edit of that particular scene. I think he did like one last touch up to that scene. So, wow. yeah, you have to watch it. I, I, I can't describe. I don't know if Greedo shot first or Han. Yeah, there was like the big going up between Greedo and Han who shot first. But apparently, George Lucas did one final edit for it. So definitely do check that out. Of course, they got the prequels. They got the Clone Wars series. 
the Star Wars Rebel series and the new one that came out. Um, the new uh, Star Wars uh, animated series as well. Um, they, like I said, they got a lot of the Fox Film Library. They got the Sandlot in there and, you know, Adventures in Babysitting they got in there. And, of course, the old Disney films like Heavyweights is on there. Blank Check. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. They got Freaky Friday. They got And they got a lot of the, the classic Disney live-action films. Back in the day, that's cool. They got about a decade, so they got the ones like um, they got the Shaggy Dog, Apple Dumpling Gang. So they got like, these old school Disney films. They got the Mickey Mouse Club from the fit, like, the late fifties, early sixties. They got that on there. Um, I said they got some shows on there as well, and they got some original shows. Like I said that was one with Jeff Goldblum. They got one called Encore, which I did not see it, but apparently it's like Kristen Bell hosted. I guess she goes to um, just to have like these different high schools like these alumni recreate like plays they did back in high school which is kind of interesting um they have that um they also have of course the mandalorian which is the big thing everyone's got to watch you know i haven't seen the episodes yet i know the first two are out right now which i'm planning to go see plan to see those um they also have the late the remake live action remake of the lady and the tramp um and of course the christmas movie noel starring anna uh anna kendrick isn't it that one's actually out too um overall i mean there's still any more content because what's kind of cool is they actually give you a date where they're adding new content because there's some films that are planning to add like they're planning to add the last jedi they're planning to add solo it's because due to the licensing constraints they have to wait until those films come out and they got the course they got the mcu films the only thing i noticed they didn't they don't have for the mcu films they do not have the incredible hulk the only way i would order i don't know because of the licensing is because universal made that film they're still waiting to get rights to it to just show it, but I know that's the only thing I noticed is not on there. Okay. Yeah, but they got Captain Marvel, they got Endgame, but don't got Infinity War. It's because the fact of uh, Netflix's deal, so they gotta wait till like the li- so that's why they'll have dates like when those licensing deals expire. They'll eventually go on Disney Plus, and I think they're like this week, today, this morning. I read on comicbook.com that um the animated show The Weekenders is gonna get added to Disney Plus. So, like I said, they're adding constantly adding new content. So it's like new stuff is getting added. And then they got the Pixar. So they got all three Toy Story movies. Of course, we're all waiting for Toy Story 4 to be added to Disney+. Plus. I'm waiting for that. Um, overall, I think it's not bad. I mean, I won't say it's not. I won't call it a Netflix a Netflix killer, per se. I mean, it's just Disney's like gambling into the market. I mean, you got HBO Max coming out next year. Um, NBC Universal doing the Peacock. Streaming service, which you don't know when that's going to come out sometime next year. The Peacock. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's driving to the future that it's going to be just streaming like cable is going to be basically obsolete. Unless you got a streaming service. Yeah. I mean, Netflix, I mean, honestly, they got to step up their game because honestly, I mean, all these deals they're losing. It's like all these deals. And then, speaking of like Disney, of course, um, ever recently, Runaways, the, the show on Hulu, the Marvel show, it's now the season that's coming out next month is going to be the final season. It's just been announced on Monday when they released the trailer for the new season that it's going to be the final season. Because uh, Jeff Loeb is stepping down from his position of uh, Marvel Television and Kevin Feige is taking over. So they're pretty much canceling a lot of the works that Jeff Loeb had involvement with. Mm. So I don't know if that's going to happen. I know there's a petition going out for people to get Cloak and Dagger on Disney+. Plus. Maybe Disney Plus will revise those shows on their service. Right now, the only Hulu live-action Marvel series that's still getting going through is Hellstrom that's going to be coming out soon. And, of course, the animated Marvel shows that's going to come out soon, like Dazzler and Tigra, um, Howard the Duck, and um, Bulldog. 
those three animated series are coming out for Hulu soon. Um, and of course, you got the uh, the What If, the animated show What If, the Marvel Studios is producing the animated show, and they did announce Robert Downer Jr. is going to reprise his role as Tony Stark in the animated show, in the What If animated show. Because they said they're going to incorporate a lot of the actors and actresses that portrayed their characters in the MCU to reprise their roles as voice actors for the, for that show. And that's one of the shows they got planned um, as well. And then, of course, they got this uh, one show on them, Disney Plus, called uh, Assembling the Universe. Kind of gives you like an inside look of what's being planned. Never, I guess the first episode was showcasing... Um, Jordan or something? Uh, I would check the door. Maybe it might be an order or package or something. You ordered something? Go check it out. That's fine. I'll keep it going. Um, you don't have to... You can keep it going. It's fine. Go check it out. Uh, I'm sure you just dropped it off. Oh, it's UBS. I got yeah. it. Yeah. Anywho, um, it's one of those things... It's like, it's just an app that has so much. It has, an app, it has a lot of content for everyone who can watch anything at this point uh i got a chance to watch some of the mandalorian and i thought it's so far it's pretty good i can't i'm a big star wars fan so i might be a little biased but at the same time it's it's good content so far so i can't complain um i don't know how much it would keep me to because they still have netflix but at the end of the day it's good to that like it's just more variety but now we're leading into this bubble again where it's just going to go into one app so at this point, it's good. It's like a decent price point for everything if you want. And if you're already at Hulu, some people I know don't even have to pay for Hulu, but like it works out. So why not just get it? Um, as far as cons go, yeah. They, <clears throat> for its simplicity, there are things like that, such as not having that uh, the capability for some reason to not just keep the episodes going. Um, I also think it could, for them having most of the stuff just kind of on the screen just like blah there's just i feel like it kind of does they i think they use that as a way for them to not be as creative as they could have been in setting up a layout for the home screen and all that stuff mm-hmm. like it's it's good like it's fine it, it but it's super like it's simple for the most part yeah like yeah. it's because it's like everything's on there they kind of just like only it's like here's Pandora's box, boom, and, like, here's everything, as opposed to, like, making it sleeker, like, through the years, I mean, Netflix and um, other streaming services, like, uh, Amazon's gotten better through the years, uh, Hulu's gotten better even throughout the years, so, I mean, now that Disney owns both, it's good to see that I thought, I mean, it's still, obviously, still going, it's just, it's a baby, so, like, we, it's cool, but at the end of the day, I, like, for a company like Disney, which they're loaded, for them to not, like, I think, spend a lot of money on developing this kind of product. I mean, they, it'll change throughout the years. It's fine. Netflix is the same way. Like, it looked, for the most part, I mean, it started mailboxes, right? So, like, it'll get better. I just, it's funny and for them to, for them, you know, I just see it from a financial backing that they have. I'm very surprised. Oh yeah, like, sorry guys, I had to step away. A roommate ordered something. Oh, he did. Uh, so that's why then, if you heard a knocking, yeah, going. But uh, yeah, yeah. So it's like it's funny too. Now, know, if you that. look at like Simpsons or Family Guy, like Family Guy started making jokes already, but the whole Disney thing already, it was kind of hilarious. Like the last episode, so I saw it was like they were making they were poking at Disney and um, 
But it's like kind of cool. They're like cool with it. Like, you know, it's like Disney and people can say, oh, Disney's my everything. But you get to think about it. They're kind of like, they are they know exactly what's being profited. What it is, they study like, it's not just like the entertainment aspect as well. It's also financially. They see like studios that, you know, they're not doing so good. So they try to put their influence to it. To it. I mean, yeah, there's like things now. Um, if you read the reports, um, com, like a lot of films are getting pushed, like release dates. Well, like the Kingsman got pushed. You know, it's developed by Fox. It's all under Disney, but it got pushed back to release date. Of course, the Bob's Burgers movies, people were thinking, oh, it's canceled. But no, it's getting pushed back to a different date. It's going to be coming out next year, but it got pushed back. Even the creator of Bob's Burgers was like, yeah, the movie's still going on. It just got pushed back. It's because they're trying to shuffle around because now they've got, they got all these new properties are getting added. they got to find some way to spread them out. Because it's not just Disney. I mean, Fox is, I mean... Like Fox News Corp in general will still run the network. They'll still run like the news and sports because you know monopoly reasons. Monopoly reasons. They can't. It's just the Fox News and general entertainment news is still on. It's going to be under the Disney umbrella. So they own National Geographic Channel. They own FXX. They own FX. So they still run those networks. It's just uh, like it's it's like Disney are just doing shuffling around. They're trying you know spread a lot of the films out. Mm. It's just trying to make it like an even market basically. Because they don't want to have, even though it's a Fox Studio release, it's technically under Disney, and they don't have their both films competing against each other, basically. Well, even, they also want to keep longevity. Like they're gonna keep subscribers. Like they'll take Netflix will take a hit, but I think it's still gonna keep people around. Like people still like their content for what it's worth. I mean, like you know, like Netflix, I just don't think of that. I think it's just that now a lot of people got to step up because Disney's just got the nostalgia balls market. So like they do have to step it up. But I, I man. I still think that people are just going to be now just spreading it out. Like, they're just going to have everything at this point. And they're going to start selling, like, Roku sticks filled with all those. Like, you can just get a Roku stick, have it, and make that's your TV. Like, you don't even have to have, like, a system. I mean, yeah, that's why now it's like, that's why you notice there's a lot of TVs. Just get a smart TV with a Roku built in, and you're good. I think that's what our folks have, our folks have that. Because, yeah, I've been noticing that now, like, a lot of these TVs are getting, like, the Roku interface built into it. Which pretty much, I mean, 4K TVs are become more affordable now. I mean, when 4K came out, you know, it was supposed to be expensive, but now a lot of it's like it's it's affordable, and they coming like you said, they coming with the Roku built in. Mm-hmm. I mean, that kind of helps with the like setting up like your streaming and stuff. It's like it's like I said, it's going to be that point where we have all these streaming services, but there's other ways to work around it to afford it. I mean, yeah, I got AT&T TV. I mean, I got that for forty so watching my sports and stuff. And some channels I like to get, um, but it's, it's still good because it's like a streaming service as well. So it's like I'm still in streaming, but it's TV. So there's like a big difference. But I will say like Disney Plus. I mean, check it out, guys. It's six ninety nine. You can do the six ninety nine a month, or it's six ninety nine for a year. Or like I said, go with the Disney bundle for twelve ninety nine. You get only Disney Plus. You get Hulu with ads and ESPN Plus. You get three services. But hopefully they'll add more content on there. They got some of the Mickey Mouse shorts, like the old ones, but they still have some other ones that I feel they need to add. They, they need to add a lot of his old ones from the, the 20s on there, the late 20s, early 30s. Um, there's uh, ones that he did recently, um, like the Runaway Brain. They still haven't added that Disney short, that Mickey Mouse short. It was like a 95, 96. I remember seeing that before a film. They haven't added that. So... They still haven't had a lot of goofy cartoons, so they still have to add more of their other characters as well. They don't have a lot of the Donald Duck ones mm-hmm. that I'm not seeing. I mean, they have Mickey and Friends tab. I mean, they got some Disney Junior stuff as well, but 
it, it's still like like I said, it, it's a still in the new process. Like I said, it just got released for like a week now since it's been out here, and then other countries are barely getting it. So it's like it's taking its time. Like I said, and then another thing too, they got the Simpsons on there, and of course people are complaining like the first uh, like nineteen seasons that the aspect ratio is sixteen by nine instead of the four three, which is standard. So it's cutting off a lot of the visual jokes and gags, but they did say they are going to fix that next year. But the reason why they had to keep it like that is to stay consistency with the other content. But they said they are going to fix that aspect ratio. And of course, there's one episode that's going to be omitted from ever in syndication and streaming, which is Stark Raving Dad. So if you're lucky, if you were if you had the first generation DVD box set of season two, if you remember um that that Michael Jackson documentary um. So what was it called? Finding something. Neverland. Find Neverland. Um, it was that doc that documentary about Michael Jackson. Apparently, in that episode, Stark raving dad. You know, it, it all started with you know Bart accidentally uh, bleaching uh, Homer's shirt pink, and then I mean him Homer being ostracized and being labeled as crazy. He gets sent to a mental institution. Of course, he runs into a fellow. You know, you know, a fellow. Uh, I'll say inmate, not inmate, like detainee as uh, who portrays himself as Michael Jackson. Of course, Michael Jackson at that time, when that episode was being done, at that time he was not being accused yet of, you know, of molestation of a kid, molesting a child, but he provided the voice work for the character, but not the singing voice. And of course, they didn't credit Michael Jackson in the credits because of contract restrictions. But of course, he was in it. And of course, with that documentary coming out recently, the producers, the showrunners, like James L. Brooks, Matt Greening, even, um, what's his name? <sighs> Jim Reardon said that they're gonna, they decided, you know, they made the call pulling that episode from syndication and from future DVD releases. And so that episode is omitted from the Disney Plus website, Disney Plus, so that, so season two will start when Lisa Lisa goes to Washington. So basically, that so lucky if you actually had that episode. To me, it was an underwhelming episode, so I'm not really, really that bad. That's not gonna be on there, but it's like I understand, you know, what today's culture right now. That's a big thing, but honestly, the only highlight from that episode was, of course, the song that Jackson wrote about Happy Birthday, at least that was written by Michael Jackson. He wrote the song. He didn't sing it. He had somebody else sing for, for him during that time. He just recorded the voiceover. But um, other than that, it's like not one of those episodes you really don't need to worry about not seeing again. But hopefully they'll fix the other episodes, the original episodes, which they they are they're gonna are gonna fix them sometime next year. Like I said, it's, like I said, it's a work in progress right now. Overall, I enjoy it. It's was worth like I get to see like the old like I said the old nostalgia Disney items like like I said I'm watching Darkwing Duck. I might get into recess <laughs> and hopefully. Um, Get into that, um, and those other shows like Goof Troop, Bonkers is on there. I'm surprised Bonkers is on there. It's kind of hilarious. Um, like I said, hopefully they'll add more Mickey Mouse one, like House of Mouse was another one. I remember uh, Mickey Mouse works. Yeah. That's something they need to add. I don't have that one. Do no, they not have yet. all the cartoons, the other old cartoons. I see. They only have like the only old cartoons I saw right now, which is like weird. the Mickey Mouse ones, They're, like Lonesome Ghosts, the Little Twister. Um, they don't have the Brave Little Tailor. I, that's my favorite Mickey Mouse one. one yeah, I don't have that one on there. That's, that's my so favorite weird. one because... Yeah, every other random shit, but not that. It was honestly, to me, that was one of my favorite Mickey Mouse shorts. The old school ones, because I remember having that VHS. So my mom got me one of those Disney VHSs and I had that cartoon there. And of course, it's like this one scene. Um, 
I remember where, you know, basically the whole story was he's just a regular tailor. He's like, you know, fixing, you know, clothing and stuff. And all of a sudden these flies are flying around. He's being ticked off, being annoying. And then, of course, the town's all being terrorized by a giant and stuff. You know, they got the water poster up in the thing. And, of course, um, everyone's talking, everyone's gossiping. And then Mickey's like, you know, he's doing his work. He's whistling. And then, you know, these flies start flying out, like seven flies. And the cool sound effects, like by the Foley is like, and then he just found with all those fly swatters. He's like, oh, boy, seven. <laughs> and then he's like, pretty much... He started, like, everyone, like, somebody else, she's like, have you ever killed a giant? And then Mickey shouts out, oh, I killed seven with one blow. And then they're like, seven. And they all think, oh, he's the giant killer. So I just remember this one scene where the king asked him, did you say seven with one blow? Oh, yes, your majesty. And how? And then he asked him a story. He's like, oh, I'm all alone. I saw him coming. I looked up. I was surrounded. They were here, there, everywhere. A whole bunch of them. And then he goes on. And then... He's talking about flies. And he's thinking, the guys are here, oh, there's giants. But like I said, that's something I did not, I noticed that was not on there. But honestly, to me, that's something they need to add. Like I said, they need to add not just his shorts, but like, Minnie had a couple of them. Goofy had a good amount of them, especially those ones like in the later years. Where there's like a narrator and Goofy's doing like this everyday stuff. And of course, Donald's shorts on there. I mean, like I said, there's some other stuff they need to add on there. But like I said, they're slowly building a library. So, overall, guys, check out Disney Plus, man. Um, I don't know if you need anything else mm. about Disney Plus. I think it's just, it's good. I mean, it's good for the price that it's going for, and you can watch. It's good if you want to get your nostalgia out of the way. So, get it. I mean, for what it's worth, it's good. It's fine. It's a good start. We'll see how it goes from here when it adds a bunch more shit. And just keep it more diverse because it's just kind of it's fine now but it's just kind of random at the same time so like it's not bad it's, it's just it is what it is um but it's fine we got it right so it's out get it while you can guys bundle it up with hulu it's fine it's, it's a better deal that way i think but um yeah let's talk about video game movies all right we're probably gonna skip our versions we already talked about yeah, too much last week watch it guys watch the movie Honestly, if I pull up this, like, list of uh, video game movies and pretty much the ones that came out, and I'm just going through the list, and, I mean, it, it's funny how the scores, I mean, Marburg's according to Rotten Tomatoes will score, like, a 21%. Double Dragon, I mean, the lowest scoring one they gave that didn't even get, like, a percentage was Tekken. Was giving a 0% by Rotten Tomatoes. It was like, wow. I did see that film. Like, I saw it. I don't know how I saw it. I mean, they try. It's like, to me, to talk about like video game annotations, I mean, it's Hollywood in general. They try, you know? They try to take a concept. It's like, you know, these video games are selling. Why not make, you know, a, a movie based on them? It's like, yeah, there's some story, you know, when it comes to, like, the game creators, so have, they have writers. People don't realize when it comes to video games, they do have writers. They do have professional writers that will, like, write, like, storyboards and everything. Like, But, of course, back in the day, you know, I don't know if they had storyboards. They just just did a simple narrative and, you know, the instruction manuals. Just remember buying those games back then. They had the instruction manuals. And they pretty much give you, like, a premise of what the story about. Just to get you, you know, why you're playing as this character, what's the purpose of this character, but it's like these studios are like, you know what, well, let's see if we can try to make this into a movie and try to translate. It's the same thing like translating like comic books into film. 
to try to see if they could try to take the aspects based on the technology that we had at the time and able to adapt it. I mean, to me, I mean, based on the list of films that I see on the list, I mean, as we saw Super Mario Bros., I mean, the only other film I actually saw in theaters, I think I remember seeing Lara Croft Tomb Raider was one of the ones I saw in theaters. Mortal Kombat I ended up seeing at a cousin's house. I think one of our cousins had, like, the VHS, and we ended up watching it. I don't think I remember seeing that in theaters. Um, uh, Alone in the Dark, I didn't know that was that was a film that day. I met Resident Evil film. I hadn't seen Resident Evil. I had been the name The King of Dungeons and Siege Tale, which is based on the being a series. But knowing these studios, a lot of them were, like, Fox sponsored, New Line Cinema, Gramercy Pictures, Universal, Artist Entertainment, Scream Gems, Lionsgate. Dimension Films, TriStar, like some of these studios tried their best. Uh, they tried their best to like adapt these films, and honestly, to me, um, overall, the one looks the head they grossed the most. So I got the numbers too, like the box office wise. Like Mario Bros. came out, their worldwide broadcast um, box office was twenty thousand, hmm. like twenty million actually. That they came out, they were able to do twenty million. But I mean, so far the highest grossing video game film that I see overall, which I'm surprised. Is Detective Pikachu is like the highest one, okay. four hundred thirty-one million worldwide, and it had a sixty-eight percent by Rotten Tomatoes, and if, out of Mega Credit, it was like fifty-three out of a hundred. Okay. I mean, said a lot. <clears throat> what's up? Said so a lot. Yeah, so I mean, if you want to look at the list right here, I mean, I don't know which film like you want to focus on. Least, not the money, but the rating. If you want to, which film do you want to talk about the most? I mean, well, just I guess not all of them, but just the ones I know of. Uh, oh, Tomb Raider. Eh. Yeah, that was good. Um, Angelina Jolie is super hot, and she's good in the first. The first one's good. The second one's kind of it. First one's good because like it was good to see her put on the big screen, and they talk about her character. If you haven't played Tomb Raider games, uh, they're pretty, pretty fun games. Oh, PC and PlayStation were the ones I played them on, but it's uh, it's fun. I think there's only two movies, and then they remade another one with what's Which her I, name with oh, Al Pacino, yeah. 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 And it's no, not really no, the girl from uh, Ex Machina. Uh, but yeah, it was it was I don't know. I didn't. I see heard it. the remake. The reboot was not bad because it actually is based on the reboot of the two Raider video game series, which I heard it was really good. They were working on the series. Yeah, those games are good. Um, let's see. Oh, and Mortal Kombat, both the first one and the second one, <laughs> saw those a lot. Uh, first one was the better one of the two, I think. Uh, and it was pretty cool to see that our, all our favorite characters in that game be on the screen. And all the actors. Yeah, so it was they, kinda, the like, casting was really good. Um, I mean, the cast wasn't that bad. I mean, it was, it was such a weird movie for the time. Especially with Goro, how they were able to make him. Like, honestly... It, Part animatronic, part like God, there's so many puppet. It was like interesting how they were able to like translate him to like live action, and of course like the sequences with Scorpion and Sub Zero, how he used their powers and uh, to me like when it comes to like that, like taking a fighting game, so I just want to comment to give like a narrative. It was interesting because like I said, it's like of course you know, yeah Street Fighter, of course um, yeah Street Fighter. Of course, I remember reading the magazine. There's actually a that. lot of movies. I think about it. Yeah, especially with Street Fighter. You know, to me, you know, I think a lot of people were making gripes with this. It's like how you take a movie out based on a fighting game. And I mean, if you played the arcade game, of course, you'd be with a certain character. All the storylines they show something at the end, but that character. So you don't know too much the story of that character until after you run through like the tournament 
which each character you'll see a little bit of a story. Damn, that movie got an awful reading. And then with um, that movie in general, it's like, okay, uh, I, I know a lot of people follow Greg with it because he has Sean Claude Van Damme, who's an Austrian-born actor portraying Disney guy. made that movie, Need for Speed. Really? Yeah. It's wild. Yeah, so go back to Street Fighter. It's got an awful reading. But yes, you're fair, sorry. You go, yeah, you got, like, I mean, you got John Claude Van Damme, who was like, the biggest action star, you know, for Bloodsport and all those other films. Um him being an Austrian, Austrian born, and then the man, the, the muscle from Brussels, doing Gaio, who's supposed to be American patriot. I mean, he tried, but of course he can't hide the accent. Come on, and I mean, Raúl Julia, that was his last film. Um, to me, he actually, I actually enjoyed him as Bison. Like he put a lot of effort into that character, and I, he did it because his kids were fans of the game. And the funny thing was, that was his last film because at that time he actually passed away from stomach cancer. So I don't think he was able to... Jeez, I don't man. think he was there. I don't think he made it. Like, I don't think he was able to see the premiere. Because it was released in theaters and it said in memory of Raul Julia. So people will, like, crap upon it all because the way it was set up, the story and everything. But to me, I think the big highlight of that film was Raul Julia portraying, you know, Bison. To me, that was a cool... Like, they actually tried to keep his moves well. I think the way the characters were developed were kind of weird, like... Ryu and Ken were like the way they were portrayed. Um, it's a weird movie. They were portrayed as con artists, yeah. which to me that's way different than what they were. You know, they were students of the same mat. They both had the same master, and of course, your master gets killed by Kuma, so he was never introduced. I mean, you had Kylie Minogue as Cami. You know, she was a popular. She's an Australian popular singer. I mean, they had her on there, but I she's in the. They had T Hawk on there, which I didn't know T Hawk was in there. Of course, they were on uh, Guile's team. Like the army, um, of course you had E Honda, who's portrayed by a Samoan actor. Um, Kaiser arrived. He was Samoan instead, of, like the Japanese. So they try to keep. To me, if you look at the cast, it was really diversified. It was really a diverse cast. Like you had Vega, diverse. you had Balrog, you had Sagat. I mean, Sagat. You know, West Studio was a Native American actor. So having a Native American actor play Sagat was interesting. Um, Wes Duty, who's a great actor, he's Native American, great other films. I mean, and he had, you know, and he had Blanca for a little bit. I mean, you had other characters, you know, and Dalzine too was like a scientist or something. So I mean, it was a little bit of deviation from the video games. Well, it's funny enough that they actually made a video game based on the movie, which was basically they took the characters like digital renderings of the, the actors and used their characters. And you had Ming-Na Wen, who was uh, basically known as Mulan, Agent Melinda May, she was Chun-Li in that film. I mean, yeah, I didn't see the film in theaters. I remember reading the magazines when they were doing promos about the film and stuff. They were promoting the film, the marketing and all that stuff. Um, yeah, that's one of the films. I mean, like I said, Mario um, Bros. was one of the ones I saw in theaters, but Street Fighter. And of course... Uh, my roommate Mondo can talk about Double Dragon. <laughs> yeah, it's on here. Like I was like I was looking at the ratings for the Metacritic, and the highest rated one out of all the video games movies are is a fifty eight, and that's Mortal Kombat. And I think the worst, and the second one was like the second runner up for that was Prince of Persia with Jill and Hall, but I got a fifty. But the worst one, I think, the worst rated. Oh shit! Did I have Pikachu got fifty three? It's in there. Those are like the first and second and third place. The worst one is a nine, and that's Alone in the Dark. Um, I remember Alone in the Dark was more like it was a. Some of these are not rated by the Metacritic, but yeah, a nine. 
I mean, Alone in the Dark, I'm not too familiar with the game series. I mean, I think it was like trying to be like almost like Silent Hill. Annihilation <laughs> got 11. I didn't realize it was a, a live action version of Silent Hill. See, it's like, these are yeah. like, all these. They got an awful rating, too. Oh, they're just all bad. Like, nobody's forgiving. Nobody. 15 in the name of the king, uh, Dungeon Siege Tale. And I saw that movie. I thought the movie was fine. I mean, um, yeah, Jason Stan, man, Ron Perlman in that film. I mean, Max Payne got 31. I think Max Payne, he tried. I mean, Wahlberg, I mean, to me, Wahlberg's a good actor, but it's like, I think, too, it's just trying to find the right actors to fit the characters. I think that's one of the things when it comes to translating video game films, is to find the right actor to portray that character. Yeah. It's, 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 and it's funny because you look at the studios who produce them, and they're all really like high, high profile studios that have produced blockbusters and everything. I mean, from Disney to see Lionsgate to like Paramount, like all big, big name studios. And then you got the ones like that produce like Warcraft, like those indie. It was weird. So you get a lot of uh, these people shell out a lot of money, and, and most of the time, like. Look at that. They all got pretty terrible ratings. From the one website, obviously, you, you can hold your influence to wherever you want to look as far as what films you see and what ratings they get from different review sites, like that or Rotten Tomatoes or IMDb. But, like, for the most part, you know, if you check out the... Because they have, like, a user, a user section for, like, a user critique instead of the critics, professionals, and then you, whatever that means, and then mm-hmm. the regular ones like regular people and then you could check it out and so most of the time i think you get a better consensus on that set, that way because when you read the professional critics film some of them come off so biased and like they don't they see the movie in a weird way because so, like that they have to be objective but they also got to be like most of the time i don't know if they always have to lean towards a a skeptical eye, eye towards certain movies or films like I, it's just it's strange to see sometimes. I'd rather, like, I'll go on Rotten Tomatoes sometimes, but, like, with video game movies, it's like it's always a miss for some reason. I mean, Detective Pikachu, I took the opportunity to see that. I didn't see that, yeah. I think it was good. I mean, the way the, the bottles were, I mean, the story was actually really good. I mean, but the way they made the Pokemon, how they portrayed them in real life, was actually really good. I mean, they tried their best... I mean, I think they looked at, like, real animal fur, like, as a a reference for the characters. And, you know, they had to give, like, that shading trying to match what the background is. But to me, it's actually really good. I mean, kind of shows, you know, how the studio was willing to go. Because, I mean, this was the first live-action film based on this property. And to me, it was actually successful. I mean, it actually did really good overseas. And I think it did good over here. I mean, they put a lot of money into the marketing. Because it was like, like you said, Nintendo was, like, really skeptical. I mean, after the Marlboro's movie, it was like, they didn't want to live out the license to everyone. So it's like... This was like this was the first film that was licensed since the Marvels, the movie. So Detective Pikachu, they were thinking this is going to be going on. It looks like, and they did announce they are working on a sequel to it. So I'm kind of curious to see how they do that. And um, and of course now, and also we got the Super Marvels movie that's going to be animated by Illumination Entertainment. So I can't wait to see how that's going to be done when it comes to terms of animation. And then you got like movies like I know Wreck It Ralph. And to me, I mean, yeah, it's I would have called, I would say it's an homage to video games. Miss Wreck-It Ralph is its own, like, it's made by Disney, and I know it's not on this list in here, because, like I said, it's, it is a video game. To me, it is a video game movie, because it does pay tribute to the other, to the predecessors. Mrs. Wreck-It Ralph was basically a character that was made for the film, but he was a video game character, so they would play their both video game characters. 
But they also played like Disney, you know, the writers, director of Wreck-It Ralph, you know, they went out and pretty much talked to every video game studio and see if they were willing to give up, uh, willing to give a license to their character. But I think that I think those game creators were able to give like some input, like how they want the character portrayed. And then having Bowser on there because I was like, people were like, "Wow, Bowser's on!" Then like that one scene when Ralph's at that one folk uh, support group, or that villain support group, and seeing Bowser on there, interacting with Saint Keith and all them, and having the power ups. It's like that was a big step. They went to Nintendo, like they said, like the director said, they literally went to every single video game studio and gave their pitch. Like this is where we want your character to show what, what we're going to portray him as, and they. When I was surprised they had Bowser. I mean, of all the people they could have asked, they got Bowser, which was kind of cool. Um, had him on there. They had Zangief from Street Fighter. Um, they had, um, you know, they had Tapper. Like, characters from these obscure games that you don't see anymore, like Hubert. I mean, Hubert was another thing, too. You had the Ghost from Pac-Man. Sonic was doing a PSA announcement in the station. I mean... I mean, there's, there were some hits, there were some misses. Like, Prince of Persia, I had the film on Blu-ray, I have not seen it at all. I mean, Assassin's Creed was another film recently, which, I mean, I played a little bit of Assassin's Creed. I used a story about Assassin's Creed where, you know, they use, like, uh, this uh, virtual reality type system. And they took, like, these art, they were able to recreate events from, like, history. And you portray that character from history, basically. So they took that concept and they tried translating the film. They had Michael Fassbender in there. I mean, they tried. It's like, and of course, you know, like I said, it's kind of hard when it comes to translating like video games into film. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, I it's just never, it's, it's never a good time. And then, like recently, I just saw like, it, I mean, what I like about this too, like, now that we are in the stage of social media, and you know. Like, take, for instance, the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, the first Sonic the Hedgehog movie trailer. As soon as that came out, it got blasted hard by the fan community to the point that Jeff Fowler, who's the director, took that criticism and said, you know what? We're going to delay the production. We're going to redo this. We're going to redo the character model. But for a studio to do that for the fans, to take the criticism and the feedback... And say, hey, we got to go back to the drawing board and fix the model. And what was cool about it, I read they had Tyron Hess who, Tyson Hess who pretty much worked on Sonic Media with the character design, with the animation sequences for Sonic Media. Tyson Hess, they actually approached him to lead the team to recreate the model. And I saw the new the, the new trailer for Sonic the Hedgehog. It looks better. They actually gave more personality, and I kind of like it. I mean, they try to. It, it looks just like Sonic, basically, from the video games. And it was cool because even the... Like I said, um, Tyson has, like, posted thing on Twitter. Like, here's the picture I want to show you guys. I couldn't show you until they released the trailer. This is what, you know, we came up with the concept. And, of course, Sonic's got his gloves. He's got his shoes. They did his shoes the way they're supposed to look like. Um, and Sonic has more personality. Hmm. Which he is. He's, you know, he's always running fast, but he's curious, you know. And it's kind of funny. It's kind of almost like a buddy comedy, almost, if you look at the aspect of it. it and, of course, they show a little bit more Jim Carrey as uh, Dr. Robotic. It's to me, like I said, this is supposed to be like a prequel to the Sonic series. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like in the trailer, they have a little thing when he's running through Green Hill Zone. You see the famous loop and everything. Um, but it's supposed to be treated as like a prequel to like the whole thing, how you know how Sonic came to our world. And eventually how Eggman came to be, basically. It's like, like I said... Uh, I can't wait. That comes out like next year, next February. I mean, it comes out next 
yeah, February 14th is when that film comes out. Can't wait for that film. But going back, I mean, going back to these films, I mean, like I said, I always saw like a handful of these films. I mean, Max Payne I saw later on after theaters. I had Need for Speed on Blu-ray, which I haven't seen. But it's like, it's kind of hard. Like I said, Rampage apparently somewhat successful on that um warcraft actually made more than rampage which i'm surprising they did you know rampage had a higher score in megafic i think because of warcraft they had a bigger fan base like in china because due to the pc gaming market it kind of like helped them out more i mean warcraft wasn't that bad i actually want the theater to see warcraft it actually to me wasn't that bad i thought for what it's worth the cg was really good <laughs> But the Resident Evil series, yeah, that's really popular because they they took a character they created just for the just for the movies, you know. And people thought, oh, Clear Riffield, you know, what's gonna be the main person? But having them as just supporting characters was interesting because it like it like it took the concept of like saying we'll have this character named Malice who will interact with all the other creatures from the films from the games. So it was kind of like changing out the protagonist basically. Yeah. And of course, you had Doom. Yeah, Dwayne Johnson and Doom and then Kyle oh, yeah. Carbon. We have that film as well. Forgot about that movie. Um, Fucking Doom. I mean, Doom could be good. It's like, um, you know, they had the only upside to that film was that one sequence with the first person sequence. It was oh, yeah. kind of, they had that one first person sequence. Um, it wasn't long, though. It wasn't long, but they kind of pay homage to the game itself a little bit. But I mean, yeah. if you look at the, let me, I just pull up like Doom right now. I guess its budget was like sixty to seventy million was their budget, but they only made fifty five point nine million at the box office. So they made under your budget. So it was like, I mean, if you look at this. I mean, they had a good cast. I mean, yeah, Carl Urban in there, Dwayne Johnson, Rosamund Pike. I mean. As like that's your like your main hitters there, and then um, you know before they try, it's like they got Blood Ring was a film which I didn't know. DOA, another fighting game, decide oh let's make a movie based on DOA, and they did that. Um, Tekken as well, Hitman, Agent Forty Seven, the Hitman movie, Resident Evil: The Final Chapter, Rampage to me, yeah, that was the that was another one that was recently Rampage with uh, Dwayne Johnson, which pretty much you know they took that concept of the you know the animals. So I mean that game was basically like I said, taking that game like an arcade game, making the film, it is like I said, it is kind of hard. Um, I mean Double Dragon, I'm surprised they never made a Battletoads movie, <laughs> but if you want to talk about like I would say worst films, I mean. That has like a what percent like Double Dragon had eight percent. Let's talk about this film. Let's talk about Double Dragon. I mean, I never seen a film, but it's 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 cheesy. Like it doesn't really it does it's not. I mean, the only thing that's about the game is just that the brother guys dressed in their appropriate colors and it's pretty basic. It started, uh, but it has Alyssa Milano. Really, in there. she's super hot in there. That's about it. But wow, it's, it's a very just, weird looking, movie too. Oh, yeah, Alyssa Milano was in it. Yeah, sure. Scott Wolf, Robert Patrick was in this movie. It was such a. Mark Dacascos was in it. Like, the pacing's fast, so it's like, it's, it's, into, it's engaging, but it's so cheesy. Like, the budget was $7.8 million. They only made $2.3 million in the box office. Paul Dini wrote the screenplay. Mm-hmm. 
And look at Paul Dini. If you remember him, he wrote Batman the Animated Series, one of the top writers for Batman. They had him sign out to the write the project. Do you think you could pull up a clip of uh, Double Dragon? I bet you it's on YouTube or something. Just to uh, s- yeah, you can. You can yeah, you no, you let me pull up. I mean, because our roommate keeps talking about it a lot. He's talking about Double Dragon. It's <laughs> like, I mean, I had I always saw like bits and pieces of the film. I think I remember seeing one time on Sci-Fi they were showing it on Sci-Fi one the other day. I'm like, and as soon as I saw the office, I'm like, Double Dragon. I'm like, really? Let's see if I can pull up a movie clip or something here. There we go. Oh, they actually have the G- Billy versus Jimmy scene. <laughs> oh my God! Look at oh yeah, they fight each. I think I found it. So right now we're seeing the fight scene. Look at the, the choreography in this, man. Look at this. I've seen the movie. It's just so fucking... Look at this, Jimmy and Billy. It's, it's just like... The acting's so bad. It... Oh, wow. <laughs> like, everyone's just fight. It's so stupid. Oh, everyone's fighting, but we gotta stop because these guys are gonna... Are gonna fight. And they're buddies or whatever brothers whatever they are I can't remember they're dragons they're the double dragons I think they have like the, what the amulet or something that was like the thing that I'd see mm-hmm. the, I was like, was about the yeah amulet. it gave him the special powers and shit I think he has one piece of it the other guy has the other like Billy has the other piece or something <laughs> but it's the, it's cause the, it's, this is one of those movies where it, they don't even know what to do with it so like look now they're just like and it's just funny with the colors of their shirts and everything's like yeah. oh now we know what colors they wear because you know red and blue you know that's the colors you have between Billy and Jimmy he doesn't want to fight him and shit so it's just like why are you kicking his ass you're a jerk dude 1994 wow 94 man it's that so nice it's super 90s it's like really colorful look at the look that the costumes and everything it's super 90s and that game came out like in their late 80s. I think it came out like 88 or 89 on arcades. See, so you guys are like think it's like, what the hell? But remember, I think too, because they had the animated series was come out around that time, which I did enjoy. The Double Dragon animated series was kind of interesting. Mm. I remember the toys and stuff. And then they say, oh, let's make a movie out of it. And look, like there's the a game. Double Dragon video game. Yeah, it's so stupid. It, look how meta it can be. It's, that's what, <laughs> no, literally, that's how meta it is that they actually had the arcade game in the background of the film it's like he's com- he's combust these these machines just with his karate kicks like what it's like what kind of boots is he on oh my god <laughs> okay now he's looking I guess the end was supposed to be called- no, we can't oh look at the CG yeah. so cool Oh, I see. It's not that bad. Oh, it really isn't that bad. Oh shoot! For the time, I mean, it was like ninety. Whoa, that was pretty cool. That's a cool flip. But Scott Wolf, I remember—he looked familiar. I know I just seen him in just this film, but I think he was in other like series, wasn't he? Like other films. I don't know which one's Scott Wolf. The I think no, the one. I think he's the, the one, one that blue. Kicked in the uh, blue. Yeah, that's Scott Wolf know. right there. Maybe. I, I, just, I can't remember. Man, it's been so long since this film. I think we were like three years old when this film came out. Mm-hmm. I was like, I saw it. Was it I was like nine years old. I was like in fourth grade when this film came out. If I remember, yeah, I was like around fourth grade when this film came out. I remember, I had a video game double belt. <laughs> oh my 
He's <laughs> got like a rope or something. Oh, it's so oh, stupid. Punching bag. Okay. It's because like it doesn't make any sense. Like, the scene is just so stupid. Like, he doesn't want to fight him, but then he's like also oh, wants the ambulance. Oh, there's Melissa, Melissa Milano. Yeah, and, and, a blonde. and she's gonna try to stop it. And it's Pele. So hot. But then it's like I'm like, damn. I wonder how much they paid her just to be in this movie because she was big in those times, dude. With uh, who's the boss and then do all the movies and shit. Wasn't she in other stuff? Wasn't she's in she Charmed. Charmed yeah, she was like, in charm. So she's always had a steady career. Now she doesn't do shit like that. I don't know. I haven't seen her in anything really, but she's been around, dude. Now he's fighting him. He can beat his ass. It's so stupid. <laughs> you kicked him in the face, dog. <gasps> he's back. Jimmy, you're back. Was he, like, possessed yeah, or something? Yeah, he was possessed. Oh, okay. But you see, like, as far as acting chops go, it's so cheesy. Like, it's cool to see that, like, Dan, he can act as, like, this possessed character. But what's stupid is in the scene... Look, and now you can see what possessed him. It's, like, the shadow shit. Because that guy possessed... I guess it was the Shadow King or something in their final Yeah, right? like, he can possess them. And now he got the piece of the amulet because he kicked it off his face. Oh, yeah, I forgot Robert Patrick was the villain, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, it's Terminator style. The CGI is so funny in here, too. Look at Robert Patrick, though. Because he had that good job playing. The, yeah. And then they got to fight him. It's but so it's like, stupid. I mean, Robert Patrick's a good actor because they had him painting Team 1000. And, you know, I guess he was always typecast as being, like, the bad guy. I think, I don't know if it hurt him a lot in his career because he's, I guess he was being typecast. He so well. I mean, he plays a villain so well. I mean, not okay. Look at that fight scene. Mad about it, dude. It keeps I mean, that wasn't bad. I mean, if you want to compare that, I mean, let me pull up. Like, I see if I can find the Street Fighter scene, the fight scene scene, uh, Gaio and uh, Oh Julia. If you look at that scene in general, I think Oh Julia did some of the stunts in that film too. I think he did some stunts in that film. If I remember, um, let's see if I can. There you go. Oh, off angle. I actually had the clip. Okay. Um, like I said, going back to the film, like, to me, I mean, if you compare Street Fighter Double Dragon, obviously Street Fighter kind of be- beats it a little bit. Because it was during that phase where, like, all oh, it's, like, fighting games were in the, in the rage and, like, let's do film adaptations about it. Um, look at this clip right here. Look at this. is when Bison and freaking Gaio goes at it. But look at Raul Julia at that time. You know, he was fighting stomach cancer. You know, fighting through the pain. And, like I said, he did this film just because his kids were fans of the game. That's the reason why he did this film. Because he did it for his kids. Look at this. Everyone's clearing out for the fight. <laughs> but, I mean, overall, um, honestly, those these were like the first feeding game films I've seen. Like, besides Tomb Raider, we saw that in theaters. I remember seeing that film. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot Honda and Sangeef. It's funny, his chair had like the had the if you, you realize his chair actually had like the panel was actually from the arcade cabinet. Was the joystick from the actual arcade cabinet? 
on Street Fighter. Like the it had like the globe on there, like the world map. And it was like the joystick on the chair. But Okay. <laughs> but it's like to me, like, like I said, like, like what video? Honestly, of all the video game films that you probably see, what was like the one that pretty much stood out to you the most that you felt it was okay for what they had, like based on you know visual effects and all that stuff. What at that time? Uh, what, what, what do you mean, like? You know, like, with, of all the video games and movies that you've seen, like throughout the years, what was where you feel it was okay? If you had to put like a top three, what would be like your top three? What I can like compare. That you can um you can actually bear it. More combat is what I could watch that. Um, like what you watch again basically. Yeah, I can watch more combat. Uh mate yeah, Tomb Raider 2. It's up there. And uh that's the first Tomb Raider. Uh and then I guess I, I want to say Ninja Turtles because it's not a video game, but they technically are because they had games. So, like, uh, I don't know. I, what was the other one we had seen? Um, those two for sure. Resident Evil, maybe? The first one was good. And I, and they, I think I've seen the third one, but, like, it just, got re- it just got random after that. So, like, I think the first one was good because for its time, it was pretty good. Uh, Mila Jovovich was in there, and she did an excellent job playing the characters. Uh, I think Michelle Rodriguez is only in the first one, but, like, the, for the time, it was it was compelling. Like, the, the, the infection was cool. Like, they, they did pretty good. It was early. It was in 2000, right? Was, yeah, I think it was, like, 2000. So, like, right in the millennium came, so everybody didn't know what to expect from that year. So it was just... It was good to see another video game movie get back, like, content get back by a studio to, like, able to make it. And I think for the most part, they were, I mean, they were able to make a lot of movies, so for the most part, people want to see it. So, it's, it, I'm sure there's a decent fan base to where I'm not surprised that she's going to conventions and signings, but that's if she wants to make that money. But other than that, like, I think those particulars, um... Those particular movies are decent. Because, I, I mean, I didn't see the Pikachu one, but it's got a good rating, so I'm just going to assume those decent and, like, it's a Pikachu movie. Like, I don't think it would be that bad. So, for those, I can definitely bear and go through. And that's, like, a rewatch content. Most of the other ones I haven't either seen. I'm just not interested in seeing them. Like, Annihilation is just bad. I've seen it plenty of times. It's, it's a bad movie. Uh, just... And for some reason, it's all, it's always going to... They're they're just not going to get positive results. I don't know. I mean, honestly, to me, like... I mean, to me, the top three, I mean, that old chaos. I mean, some of our brothers was all right. I mean, we saw it. I mean, I'll put it up there. Mortal Kombat would be definitely up there in that list. I mean, my third, I mean... Besides Detect Pichu, I mean... I think I could watch again with Poppy one of the Resident Evil movies... So, in fact, I mean, this was a series, you know, seeing the first one, you know, not knowing. Because I think that was the first one. I, I mean, I wasn't familiar with Resident Evil because until, you know, we visited our Uncle Sal or visited one of our cousin's house, they had the video games. But I never got into the story of Resident Evil. So, watching that film 
And then, you know, my cousin's, your cousin's telling us, like, yo, that's really, I mean, they took the concept of video games. What I like about that film is they took the concept of the video games, but at the same time, added this character that was created just for the film. Mila Jonovich played, portrayed his character named Alice, who, you know, they portrayed her, he portrays her, um, she portrays her, this character that's not in the video games, it's not in the series, but they were able to bring other characters from the others from this from the main series to interact with her. Like Chris Redfield, Claire Redfield, you know, Jill Valentine, um, Nemesis and all that stuff. And I, I mean, this was a honestly to me is like one of those film series that actually was able to spawn sequels. Because honestly, besides um Mortal Kombat and Tomb Raider, this was like the only other series that actually had sequels. I mean if you look at between Afterlife and um and then apparently Silent Hill had another film as well, which to me was interesting for, for that thing that actually had a se- sequel to it. I mean, the, the first Silent Hill film came out in 2006. A sequel didn't get released to it in 2012. That was like a whole six years. If you look at Resident Evil Afterlife and Retribution, that was, was only a two-year gap between those two films. And then you had the final chapter, which was basically the final one that came out not just like two years ago just to end the series. I mean, yeah, it was like, I mean, it came out four years after, you know, Retribution was basically, this was like the final film, basically, you know, pretty much to end the whole series, basically, and I have not seen that film, I mean, I've seen the other films, but I have not seen that film itself, um, I mean, I have, I'll have, I'll have it after the two films I actually will see again, and like I said, I'm, I'm kind of curious, like, I have Prince of Persia on Blu-ray, and of course, it's on Disney Plus as well because it's, it was a Disney produced film. Which is that Disney decided to go in. They had, well, plus they had Jerry Bruckheimer being producing the film. Mm-hmm. And of course, at that time, Disney and Jerry Bruckheimer had a good relationship because of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. So they had it was like, hey, he did go for the Pirates of the Caribbean. He's taking the concept of the ride, making it to a film of its own. Let's see, The Prince of Persia. I hadn't seen the film. I heard it was okay. Oh, yeah, that was not a movie. I forgot I saw that one too. It's all right. It wasn't terrible. I mean, I don't know the idea of, like, it's like, to me, it's like people, when they go, like, the critics, to me, it's like, you gotta know the subject before going to see the film. Like I said, it's like the same thing. If you know the video games, of course, the fans are going to go see it because they played the video games. But at the same time, it's like, I played the video games, so it's like, the fans will have, like, myself, will have a, you know, a high expectation of, they, oh, they better get this right, they better have this character right. So the film's trying their best they can yeah. to try to get, like, put their own spin on it, but at the same time... Try to cater to the fans. But I mean, back then in the 90s, it was like, there wasn't that much, there wasn't, no, I mean, the internet was barely like a baby at that time. It was primarily used for like communication and for business. There was no like critical, critic websites, there was no fan board for forums for films. Like the only thing, the only thing you can find out about films was like either through a magazine, a video game magazine, which at that time was a lot back then, or through like marketing or like Cisco and Ebert. That was your critics back then. Was well, Cisco Emergency? Hey, what would, they, what would they get this film? I mean, that was it. Like, you didn't have Rotten Tomatoes, you didn't have IMDb, so you didn't know who was going to be in it. So you had to go in when you know you played the video games. You had to go in and say, "Hey, who's going to play this character? Oh, this character is this." It's like the same thing when it comes to like the Marvel films. Same thing. You read the comics. Now you have to, you're you get same thing. You go to the Marvel films. You get the high expectation that you got to see the like. Oh, they better do this way. They better do this way. But to me, like I think Resident Evil kind of broke the mold when it comes to video game films, taking the basic concept, but probably put their own spin on it. 
Paul W.S. Anderson put his own spin on this film franchise. You know, he took the concept, but at the same time, he, he paid homage to the video games. And I think, too, I think, I mean, with the two Tomb Raider movies, I mean, Angelina Jolie, you know, she was a top draw at the time, you know, because they were like, oh, she looks just like Laura Croft. And, you know, you know, then when they got her to play the character, I was like, oh, wow, it was real interesting. And, you know, they did, she tried for those two films, for what it's worth. And, you know, it's like I said, it's kind of hard to associate the actor with a character. I think Mila Jovis is always going to be remembered as Alice from Resident Evil. She's always going to be remembered for that thing. It's like, it's, you know, it's, for what it's worth, I mean, that to me, out of all those films, besides Detective Pikachu, that to me, it was like, that's one of the film franchises actually was successful. Yeah. For having a long run and, you know, honestly, that was one of the longest ones. And like I said, based on what that's being planned for the next few years, you know, Sonic is basically going to kick off next year. I'm looking forward to that because, you know, at first, yeah, I was when I saw the first Sonic redesign, design, like I, the first thing I saw, being a Sonic fan, and you know, I have Sonic my as a tattoo on my arm. But going in, I'm like, when I saw the film, like, it's cool. When they announced Jim Carrey as you know Eggman, I'm like, interesting. And when they said, oh, it's gonna be like a prequel to like the video games, so I'm like, okay, so it's like they give like a story base, you know. But when they did the first Marvel song, like, oh my god, you know, I was like, I understand you're trying to go for realism, but it's like, did you guys actually want, play the video games? But having, like I said, having the fans give feedback and criticisms, it got it pushed the studio to go back to their drawing board and redo the Sonic model, and then bringing in people that worked on Sonic video games to give their input on how the character model should be. And of course, now we got the new trailer. And people were, someone was exaggerating, it cost like 35 million to redo the Sonic model. I found out it was only 5 million. To redo oh, it. so why were they fucking. Infl- I saw they were inflating the show. No, there was a new report saying it was like 5 million. Much. I was like, this is a lot of money. Yeah, but no, it was like 5 million. So it should make enough for his budget, like higher than his budget, because the way the second trailer was and the, the, the feedback I got was really positive. And people were saying, oh, I'm going to go see this film. And I kind of like for the fact that Sonic, it shows more Sonic's personality. Because if you look at the first trailer, it was like, oh, he's just an alien. He's, you know, an invader or something. Uh, and here, he's curious, you know. And he's in, he's fascinated by our world, basically. He's fascinated by it. And, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of Easter eggs in the, tra- in the, in the new trailer. And, and, again, of course, you see Eggman, who's hired by the government. It's like, okay, he's a scientist, but he's known in robotics and stuff. So, at first, he's, he's like... He's being ordered by the government, so it's like, and they got Jason Mars, and so it's kind of cool to have Sonic have like a human companion or a friend that's you know willing to help him out, just so that interactive between the two characters, you know. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, look, to me, it'll be an interesting film, and like I said, hopefully it'll be successful. Um, be successful in its run. Um, like I said, look at the list. I mean, I think Mila Jovovich is going to be in Monster Hunter as well. So this is gonna be a new video game property she's gonna be part of, and Monster Hunter's got another series. Then you got um, yeah, it's like I think Paul W. S. Anderson is, di- is writing uh, Monster Hunter, and he's directing it. So it's the same team that worked on Two Raiders working on on uh, Resident Evil is working on Monster Hunter right now. And Bill Jones is gone there. She's gonna be Captain Natalie Artemis. This is our United Nations. Here's the premise so far: the United Nations military falls into a portal to an alternate world where hunters fight giant monsters. So it explains how they get into that that world. 
I mean, I had the Monster Hunter World game, and it's basically the concept is you know you're fighting these giant monsters, or like dinosaurs or big creatures just to survive basically. And of course, she's in it. Tony Jaws the Hunter. And they got Ti's in it. Ron Perlman's in it. Manga. I mean, Josh. I mean, they got a lot of actors in it. It's supposed to be released uh, next September of next year. And we'll have to wait and see how that goes. Um, when that trailer comes out, but it's like, like I said, Capcom reached out to Paul W.S. Anderson. I mean, they, they probably thought that he did a great job with the Resident Evil films. I see him do another of our properties like Monster Hunter. So that's another film that's going to come out next year. Um, then you heard about Mortal Kombat getting rebooted. Oh, yeah. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see that. I definitely want to see that. Yeah. And then Uncharted, which is supposed to be like the young Nathan, um, Nathan Drake. Nathan Drake, um, who's being portrayed by Tom Holland. Um, Mark Wahlberg signed on to play Sully, who's uh, Nathan Drake's companion, like basically like his mentor slash companion, his friend. If you played, like, I played the Uncharted series, so I didn't know about it. I mean, they showed, I forgot what you filmed, they showed a little bit in which game, they showed a little bit of his, of his childhood, like a young Nathan Drake, so they're trying to go with when he's younger before he started off, basically. And they got Tom Holland on there playing Nathan Drake, and Having Mark Wahlberg as Sully, that'd be interesting. Like I said, they they, do, they are going to do another Tomb Raider. I guess the first one did really well. I mean, Mortal Kombat, I think it is going to be done. Um, it looks like they got like some of the actors um, set up for it. it. Looks like Raiden, Jax, Natasha, Song. They're going to have it in Kung Lao. So Kung Lao's going to be his first portrayal in that film. Kano, of course, Liu Kang, Sonya Blade, Scorpion, Melina, Sub Zero. So. I think what it is is um Kevin Tetra. I don't know if you remember was in Machinima. If you remember seeing the reboot, like they worked, they did this like thing on Machinima, where they did this like reboot of Mortal Kombat and did these little vignettes of the characters, which to me was really cool. But it being announced that they're gonna do another film of it right now, it looks like the projected release date for that film will be the fifth. March 5th, uh, 2021 will be on there. I mean, the Minecraft's getting made to a film. Like, okay, that's interesting. Um, I mean, that's the live action ones. I mean, there's also animated ones, which to me, um, honestly, if you look, the, oh my God, I don't know how. Ratchet and Clank got low rating. I'm looking at the animated ones because there's Final Fantasy Spirits Within. Because that was like Square Enix's dabble into like the movie universe. Um, that was one of their bombs. Because number one, they thought, oh, let's add Final Fantasy into it. But it had nothing to do with Final Fantasy. They, I think to me, they just put the name in general. Just for the fact, just to get the... And the funny thing is, Rotten is getting a 45%. I mean, for what it's worth, it was not bad at the time. I mean, it was like a CG movie, and they had these actors portray these characters. But to me, it was like, there's it had nothing to do with the Final Fantasy series. I mean, I think they took the name of it. I, it I, to me, I think the reason why they put the, they attached the Final Fantasy series to it is because of the um, Hironobu Sakaguchi. He directed the film, but he was also the creator of Final Fantasy. And, I mean, it had a good voice cast. I mean, it had a really good star-studded cast, because you had Ming-Na Wen, you had Alec Baldwin, 
You had Donald Sutherland, you had James Woods, you had Ving Rames, Perry Gilbin, and Steve Buscemi in it. I mean, they tried, but it's like to me, it was just, it was a bomb. And it kind of like drove Square Enix, like, you know what, we're not going to do any more, like, we're not going to do any animated films. Of course, they saw um, Capcom decide to do uh, the Resident Evil CG movies, and those did really good. I did, I did, I did enjoy the CG movies of Resident Evil because they used the actual characters from the video games. And of course, eventually they ended up doing Adventure, which to me was a great animated film because it took place a couple years after Final Fantasy VII. And I had the director's cut on Blu-ray, and to me that was really good. I liked the fight sequences and Eric, the voice cast was amazing. And I think most of the voice cast for that film are going to be reprising their roles for the Final Fantasy VII Remake video game. So they are going to reprise their roles for the for the game itself. But to me, that's like one of the successful ones, like... I mean, other than that, there was, uh, what, Angry Birds movie, Angry Birds 2, I mean... I'm always watching that. I'm not watching that. Uh, I wasn't that too much. And then, then you got, like, yeah, Street Fighter, the animated movie. If you want to go into video games, talk about the animated ones. I mean, yeah, Street Fighter 2, the animated movie was really good. Because that took more of it from the video games. And so far, that, that worldwide toy did that, that film. It had a 16 million worldwide release. Box office wise, they have Pokemon the movie. <laughs> Remember Pokemon? How all those animated films? Oh yeah. Man, there's a bunch of them. What ones that came out in '99, 2000, 2001? Yeah, Pokemon first one came out in November like 10, the 1999. They're like really trying to be like Disney in the sense they're like really doing good with the merchandising and the marketing for their things. Pokemon was everywhere. Still, kind of is. Even no, it's still all. Shit's like... They're already coming out with the, the new anime based on uh, the new Pokemon game of Sword and Shield. Like, Ash is not going to be the only protagonist. So he'll, he'll be joined on the, by an additional protagonist. But it's going to be taking place during the Sword and Shield territory. So that'd be... I mean, you had um, Pokemon The Power of Us, Pokemon Movie I Choose You, which pretty much featured the first time Pikachu actually talked. When people went crazy <laughs> when they actually talked. Um, which they did Pokemon The Power Was I think they decided to do a CG version of Pokemon I think they did a little bit of the first movie and yeah Kingsglade which was Final Fantasy XV's film which is just like a prequel to Final Fantasy XV which you know, was really good as well it was a good action sequence and there's these other films that you know they were already released in Japan so it's like there were other films as well they weren't released um, a whole bunch of them but it's like I mean if you look at like television films I mean it's like, I mean, at least it wasn't like a lot of like a lot of these like animated films were done by the studios of supervision. That's the only difference. You had the video game studios giving their input and their say in these animated films versus a live action film. Where the live action film, yeah, it'll have like one of the creators is like a consultant, but either way, it's like the studios doing their own spin on it. So overall, like. To me, it's like... Because of video games, it's like... Yeah, it's great to play them. I mean, if you think about it, there's a lot of games out there. To me, I honestly don't need that movie. I mean, Horizon Zero Dawn. To me, The Last of Us. It's like nowadays, now with video games, like a narrative. Like What I like about video games today is they're putting a lot of effort in the story. You can sit back and watch like, oh, am I playing a video game? I'm playing a movie. But at the same time, it's like people get... To me, which I don't understand, it's like people hate cutscenes, but think about it. You gotta listen to the story, you gotta follow the story, or else you're not gonna get it. 
because sometimes there's no option to go back and listen to it again. It's like Kingdom Hearts 3. I know Kingdom Hearts, the series in general, when it came to video games, the story was great. And, you know, there were talks where we were trying to do, like, an anime. But what's kind of hard when you got, like, Disney, you know, Disney don't want their characters being portrayed a certain way. So it's like, that's why it's, it works well as a video game. It's serious because then you're working with other Disney properties. Mm-hmm. Or, like, Horizon Zero Dawn. There's another one as well. And, um, to me, I played a little bit of it, but the story's really well done. Last was, you know, was to take place in a post-apocalyptic world, you know, after a virus outbreak, you know, people trying to survive through that. That's a good narrative. The Uncharted series, to me, is a really good story. Like, this game series I'm playing right now, Trails of Cold Steel, this is based on, you know, Legend of Heroes series, which was banned out, like, in Japan, like, in the portable gaming, you know, it was on PSP, they had Trails in the Sky, but Cold Steel, they barely released it in the West. So that story's really good. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of cutscenes, but it's like you gotta pay attention to the story because you don't know how you gotta go on with your character's narrative. So I mean, there's a lot of video games out there. Like it's like playing a film, but at the same time, it's like, do you really need a movie based on it? I mean, that's all I have to say about video game movies. I don't yeah, really want to I mean, add anything more. I mean, no, I just it's one of those things to where you just gotta be picky and choosy with video game movies. But we're gonna see more to come because Sonic, I think, is gonna maybe spark up that other interest again of like oh look at that not superhero movie but it's a video game based content so we'll see how it goes uh i don't think it's gonna be a good movie but i'm not i i'm just it's cool to see that they changed it uh but it is what it is if you want to go see it i recommend you go see it at least hopefully jim carrey would be hilarious but he's always hilarious other than that but it's been a while since we've seen jim carrey so that's why i think it's gonna kind of draw people more because it'd be nice it's nice to see him back on the screen i guess you could say uh, but yeah, other than that, just I, I hopefully we see more video game movies. I don't mind them, but I want to see them get better because it can only go up from here. <laughs> like, what else are you gonna expect? I mean, if they made a movie on Angry Birds, I'm pretty sure people can like fund some other shit that's coming out. You know, like I can see like I can see Gears of War being a movie. I could see. I, I know that's uh, something. I know Halo could definitely be a movie. Like I can see all these stuff. I mean, yeah. Movies. I mean, there's video games like because I know Halo. I think Showtime is doing the Halo series. Yeah, as a live action series as well. I mean, I saw on the list that Gears of War is being planned, but nothing yet. And I heard like. Batista was saying, "Hey, I'm interested in the film." And the funny thing is, they decided to add him as a video game character. And it's yeah, a, it's a so character lame. in the video game. I saw that. I'm like, but he did express interest. Like, hey, if you guys do a Gears of War film, I want to be in it. I'm interested. But it's like, okay, you plan it. But like I said, like Halo was so like that series is like it was planned to be a film. Like, like what a few years after the first game came out. Yeah, names like Steven Spielberg tied to it. It just never went through. And there's times when these movies are planned, but it's, I don't know if it's because of funding or it's just the direction that they take, and it takes so while to make the film. And now eventually they did announce that Showtime announced they are doing a, they are going to do a, a television series based on Halo, which it'll be interesting. That the Master Chief's going to be in it, so it's like we'll have to wait and see how they did. I mean, there's so much they can use from Halo. I mean, yeah. you got the novels. It's pretty... Yeah, it's pretty... I mean, you got the novels, and then, of course, there's a Five Nights at Freddy's movie, which they're going to oh, do yeah. that. Scott Cawthon is writing the screenplay, but I think he had to, like, delay it because he had to... I guess he threw out his screenplay, and he decided he's going to rewrite it again. So, because I read, like, on... Uh, was it Matt Pat, like, Pat from Game Theory? 
he talked about how um, yeah he was playing when he was doing his theories for like the the Five Nights at Freddy's theories which I do enjoy the videos so he does the theory videos on it but Scott Callahan was planning to he wrote the screenplay for the film but he tossed it out because he felt he needed more because he also did he also contributed to the novels as well because there are novels based on the Five Nights at Freddy's universe that he helped call he gave like a premise to like he contributed to it but he had the first screenplay I guess he tossed it out because he was going to rewrite it again because like I said that's why it kind of hurts a film too because you got to go through like rewrites and stuff yeah it just gets to bad it gets like shuffle around to me it gets like shuffle around so you're trying to make something out of like something something out of nothing and if a video game doesn't have any content to go off like things are being getting better and we've seen um I mean even with Assassin's Creed being not that great of a movie it's still we could see studios at least giving it a shot and trying to create something that is bigger than what we were given playing the game yeah because you yes you control this experience and now somebody else is doing the best to provide some sort of vision and the actors do the best they can with the material that they are given and you just hope for that some, it's like you know you throw it and they'll see what sticks like yeah. the tv is the same shit so I, I i don't know i have all you could do is like oh look a real game movie like it's hopeful whatever they're doing it. They're keeping. They're gonna keep on doing it, and like I, I'm, I'm okay with that. Like that, and 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 like superheroes and shit. Those are like the two things that I'm like. If it doesn't happen, great, cool. But if it does, it's cool. Like I don't. I'm indifferent, and when it comes to that, like I'm. It's nice to see it. It's nice to see. Oh, to change the pace, basically. Yeah, but like if they do with if there's if there's like a point, if there's a point where superhero movies hit a bubble and and it kind of like stalls out for a bit and other things kind of hit it's like music you know how like rock and roll was big and then rap and then and then we get like EDM and now rap is the big thing again and then like when I get done it's like another thing again and it's like what the fuck we're back in like 2004 like what are we doing and we go back and everything comes in waves right so like maybe we'll see superheroes taking a step back and other like maybe more studios would be more yes it's an investment but maybe they'll go and, and try to back some indie writers or give people some chances maybe we'll see a come up on that and um but for video games like i can see it going far you just gotta keep going yeah because like i said video games have evolved it's not gonna stop We're like video games maybe. like in general i mean honestly like, like i said it's like video games now are being like it, they're like they're treated like films as well because like I said you have writers you have storyboard you got artists it's like you got composers you got like 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 I said Final Fantasy series in general you have an orchestra doing music it's like it's the same way they get treated as like high production the same thing they get they get rated the same way just like a film it's like people get crazy for when it comes to the new video games. It's like it's it's that fan base. It's like with us with the films, like with Star Wars and you know with the with the Marvel films, like the superhero films. We get that you know excitement and high expectations. Like I said earlier, the high expectations that hey, I read the comics. You know, hopefully they'll address this. Same thing with video games. You know, I I know the series pretty well. You know, are they gonna make are they gonna pay homage to the series as well? I mean, yeah, there's another game movie game with another movie we never mentioned was Pixels, which to me was like that was mostly based off of a thing on YouTube. It was based off an early fan film on YouTube. And that was funny thing to me. It was like I think the only thing that kind of helps with video game films is like the fan films because people take their if you look at some fan films like video game fan films, check them out on YouTube. There's some really good ones like. The first Pixels, not the the one with Am Sandler and all that, but the actual one that was based off of. 
that was actually really done. Like these people are fans who are fans of the video games, and they took these characters, you know, did their own interpretation of them. Um, there's one with uh, with Nathan Fillion portraying Nathan Drake, and it was a cool fan film. And you got Nathan Fillion, man, who did a really good job because people were like, "Who should play Nathan Drake?" Nathan Fillion, and he did a good job as uh, Nathan Drake in this fan film. Definitely check that one out. Um, there's a lot of these video game fan films that you can see on YouTube that, you know, they don't have the, that big Hollywood production quality, but it kind of, like, you have these people, like, it shows how much video games have an impact to these film, young filmmakers, these young writers, like, hey, let's pay tribute to this work, you know? It kind of gives you, like, this is kind of almost like the resume. Mm-hmm. We're taking, I mean, I've seen this one Marburst film that was, like, it's like this one side, Rich Alvarez, who did great. Like, he took the concept of the Marvel Brothers, like, hey, let's make them younger. Let's make them like teenagers, like young adults in the real world. Called Stupid Marvel Brothers. Was, to me, it's like a parody, but, but I like for a fact is they add all these other Nintendo characters, but how they interact in the real world. And they, they were, like, he did like a portrayal of Mario as the Dark Knight, you know, like the, the, the Dark Plum Returns. But some stuff like that, like parodies are really good. I mean,. Like I said, there's some good video game fan films, which to me, they deserve high praise. And, you know, it's because it's like, they're much industry. But it's like, like I said, it's, it's, to me, it's, to me now, it's still hard to translate a video game into a film. It's like, as long as, you, I would say, for you to try to translate a game into a film, you gotta at least have some knowledge of the series. Or you actually play the video game to mm-hmm. totally understand the concept and how you can translate it into a film. No point in making it if it's not, gonna, if you're not going to know the source material. We see that problems with books too, but that's a whole other thing. It's a whole other episode. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We just gotta wait and see. Video games are always gonna be shaky. Video game movies, I mean, I'm sorry. Video games are great, but the movies, not so much. All right. I mean, that's all the time we got for you guys today. Um, like I said, um, definitely check out our backlog of episodes on Anchor, Spotify. We're pretty much at anywhere right now. I mean, wherever your podcasts are, it would get to. Like I said. If you want to listen, hear our commentary on Super Mario Bros. the movie, go back to the previous episode, play Super Mario Bros. movie, and just watch it along like we're watching the movie with you guys. Listen to that. Um, like I said, I'm looking forward to Sonic the Hedgehog that comes out next year. Definitely check out Disney+. Plus. Um, also, we do have a merch store, guys. we got a storefront. It's um, teespring.com slash store slash talking dash pop. we got t-shirts. we got hoodies. we got tank tops. we got coffee mugs. we got stickers. You know, we got iPhone, Samsung phone case covers. Um, support the podcast. All proceeds go to support the podcast. Like I said, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast as well. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at TheFranchise85. Um, if you have any questions or any type of ideas for us or suggestions, you know, feel free to, to, to chime out to us. We do have a Facebook page. Um, go to Facebook.com slash. If you find us on Facebook, look for Talking Pop at the Franchise and Biko. That's our Facebook page. We'll post like links to the episodes of the podcast as well. You can also like post stuff on there. You know, if you have any questions or suggestions or any like you know news that you saw that you want us to give our opinions on. Like I said, our podcast is open forum. We're trying our best to give you guys new content every week. We'll probably go back and probably do like another commentary. We have to see what film we want to do a commentary on. You know, also we like I said, we got a lot of stuff planned for the next few weeks. So we'll try our best to get together with you guys. And every week, and give you guys something new. Mm-hmm. Like I said, this is all the time I have. Um, I am the franchise. Be cool. Geek on, and take care.